building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. I have a little bit of a cold, so mm, sniffles. Hopefully it's not too annoying to listen to me today because we have an important topic to talk about, ideal customer profiles, and I want to talk about how to make one. Ideal customer profiles are really a crucial part of every single company, and yet so many companies try to either run without one or violate the boundaries that are set by an ICP. My personal story at Excelity is that we didn't start growing as a company until we got picky about who our ideal client was. And that seems kind of counterintuitive, like cool. So I should be turning down business when I need it. I guess that is what I'm saying, but I'm saying it for the right reasons. I swear every single time we have taken business outside of our ICP, it has not ended well. At the beginning, we took all the business that we could. I wanted to work with mostly B2B software companies because that was my background. Before I started Excelity, I ran marketing at a company called Zywave, which was a private equity-owned B2B software company in the insurance space. But when I started Excelity, I was freaking desperate. I interviewed to edit this horrid, horrid book. I cannot stress how terrible it was. And thankfully, I did not get the job. We did some work for a taxidermy company. They were really, really nice and really good people, but I don't think it was the best fit either way. We also took plenty of business that I didn't feel good about, but I thought that I needed to take it to stay afloat and especially to pay my people. And let me tell you that every time ended in fierce conversations. I remember one time we had a client that was calling me and calling me because they were so pissed and I was on a houseboat in Kentucky and I had no service and I had to ask the people that I was with to drive to the middle of the lake so that I could take this call. And another time I had to field a call of some customer that I knew we shouldn't have hired screaming at my team while I was in Mexico it's a no. It's a hard no. And then multiple ended in either me firing the client or us being fired. It was not pretty. So that is your case. And I guess my short stories for why you need an ICP. And now I'm going to talk about what you need to include in yours. And then I'm going to walk you through one of our, our, our ICP so that you can see it in action. Okay, a good ideal customer profile looks at multiple different categories. The first one is the most obvious, and that is demographics. So what kinds of companies do you want to work with? Are you working with a certain type of company? Like are they selling B2B, B2C? Are you working with companies in a certain industry? Do they have a certain revenue amount or amount of investment? What is the structure of the team that you want to work with? These are all questions that you should be asking yourself when looking at demographics. 
The next category is what pain points do they need to solve that you address? So what challenges are they experiencing internally or what is the need that the company must show for your product or service to get involved? It could be that they're feeling the pain of inefficient processes, that they want to save money, that they want to save time, they want to grow, they want to generate leads, more income. There are lots of different problems that they could be experiencing, but make sure that they are feeling the pain and experiencing the challenge that you solve and make sure that that's documented for the rest of your team. Next, look at goals and expectations. So what are the goals of an ideal customer? And this part is important. Are the goals reasonable? I think having realistic expectations has to be on your ICP list for basically every single customer because We want to set ourselves up to over-deliver in every situation, and you can almost never over-deliver when your prospect has outsized expectations. So reasonable expectations and setting yourself up for a situation where you and the customer will be successful. And then I have a bucket on here called other characteristics. You'll see that our ideal customer profile has some categories that I didn't cover because they're kind of specific or unique to us. And also, you should build your ideal customer profile in whatever way works the best for you. So under other characteristics, I have psychographics. And those are, in my opinion, the most important part of an ICP. Take a second and think about your favorite customer ever. You didn't like working with them because they had money. I mean, we we all like making money, but that's not really the main selling point. What kind of mindset did that customer have? What did you like so much about working with them? Is it that they were on time for meetings? Is it that they reviewed things that they were supposed to on time? Is it that they were kind, they're flexible, they have an abundance mindset. What did you value about the way that they act? Make sure that you put that in this bucket. Okay, we are now going to review Excelity's ideal client profile. So Excelity is a marketing agency that works with B2B software companies to help them grow with marketing and sales processes. We are typically working with companies that have raised a series A, B, C, or a large seed sometimes. So if they raised a seed a million plus dollars and they need marketing help. Periodically, we will evaluate working with larger companies and it depends on the makeup of the marketing team. So these companies have few marketing resources and a plan, but no capacity to execute, or they have a backlog of projects and not enough hands on them, which I mean, what marketing team does not fit those categories, honestly, but I digress. We have also worked with larger companies that are spinning out smaller software arms. So for example, we worked with a large accounting firm that had like a startup type team internally spinning out a piece of software. That's a great fit for us. And finally, we may work with companies that are private equity owned. So just like the situation that I worked in before I started Excelity, or they're invested in by VCs, angel investors, et cetera. We also have specific industries and verticals that we look for. So we are very strong in insure tech, health tech, ed tech, fintech, so much tech. Um, We also have experience in construction tech, HR tech, and then we will periodically evaluate working with B2B services companies as well. It depends on what what their pain looks like. 
are they working in these old industries like finance and banking, accounting, healthcare, insurance, and looking to change these processes that just aren't working anymore? A lot of our clients are creating efficiencies and changing processes that are just run in a super old school way. So they might even be paper-based. When I started in healthcare marketing, they were actually still doing some paper-based charting, which as a consumer of healthcare, that sounds terrifying, a good way to like get the wrong arm operated on. I don't know. I just made that up. But anyway, um, and then a lot of our clients are also creating software that's solving things that are run in spreadsheets or in just kind of hacked together ways. We also look at geographical location. So we typically work anywhere in the U.S. and international clients are considered case by case. We have had some that have gone really well and some that haven't gone as well because of translation and the need to localize your translation and not just put it in Google Translate. Um, So that can be a challenge. Okay, for the client's goals and challenges, usually we are looking for companies that need to create awareness. They have a great product, but people do not know about them. They usually want to generate leads, but we are really straying away from that lead generation kind of topic. Like if you want to generate leads, then hire a BDR company or hire salespeople. Marketing is actually intended to create awareness and to create demand and then capture that demand. So the things that we are really great at are creating awareness online and on social media so that people get to know the product and when they are ready to buy, they think of you. One area that we have in our ideal client profile that you may or may not is decision-making and adoption. So usually we are looking for direct access to a decision-maker. Often this is a C-level decision-maker. We usually try not to sell up into companies of this size because it's hard to go through the sales cycle with the manager, then the director, then the VP, then the CMO. So we like to get everyone in the room. And usually we like to talk to people that are holding the budget themselves or they have budget authority. We like to speak to decision makers that are the strategic thinkers that are really planning for the future of the company, not the tactical executors, which again, the tactical executors are fine and they're great people. But in order to really see the vision of what a good marketing plan looks like, we often need to speak to the strategic thinker. And then we want our clients to be innovators. We want them to be early in their space or we want them to be early adopters. And most of them are because they are putting software in place in these super old industries that doesn't exist. Okay, last but not least, here is my favorite section, the psychographics. So the kinds of clients that we like to work with, and in order to create this, we looked at all of our favorite clients over the last 10 years and made a list. We want clients that have a positive attitude and they treat their own team and other vendors with respect. So we do not wanna be yelled at, We do not want to see clients bickering internally, playing politics, or yelling at each other. Those are all red flags. We want clients that have realistic expectations of response times and deliverables. We want clients that have an abundance mentality because business is not scarce and there is enough for everyone. 
there is especially enough for exceptional businesses. I really stress this in the decision-making process because we don't want to come from a place of negativity. And I think that when we work with negative clients or negative people, that can really bring down your team. Clients should trust the expertise of others versus believing that they know everything and they should see their marketing vendor as a true partner. They're not looking to just offload stuff to some quote unquote vendor, some unknown person. We really want to get in there and partner with them and be an extension of their team. We want clients to understand that marketing is an investment and it's not an expense. There are a lot of decision makers that see marketing as an expense center instead of an investment. And we want them to know that when you invest in marketing, it pays out like tenfold over time, but it does take time. We also look for clients that do not micromanage processes and deliverables within the company. I think that one is self-explanatory. We also look for clients that agree to meet and set realistic deadlines. So there are things that you can look for in the sales process to determine this. Are clients doing the little bit of homework that you assign to them? If you're asking them for things that you need to see in order to accurately quote you know, a product or service, are they delivering those things to you? And then last but not least, we're usually not looking to work with companies that see their businesses as a lifestyle company where they're happy where they are. They should be looking to grow and potentially exit the company because that is where we work best. There are a lot of other things that you can put within an ideal client profile, but I would encourage you to just sit down and think about your favorite customers ever. Who are the people that you loved to work with during their buying process. And if you're delivering services, who are the people that you love to work with on an ongoing basis? Were they easygoing? Were they kind? Did they trust you? I bet they did in all of those cases. And make sure that you include that in your ideal client profile. All right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you got value out of this podcast, please send it to one person and help me grow this audience. And I will talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.